I was partly relieved because mm. I really didn't know what the fuck to do with my life because I really believed that I would be dead in a few months because everybody who I ever knew who had HIV, which wasn't a lot of people, died. And during this time in Houston, it, people were still dying of AIDS. You know, you would go into yeah. Montrose and be like, oh, where's whoever? And they'd be like, oh, I'm dead, you know, AIDS. <laughs> so, wow. You know, and so it's not like it was unheard of, you know, medicine or not. All I had in my head was like death. You know, I didn't know when I was living successfully, you know, with HIV. And so, so, so I was relieved because I needed something to interrupt the path I was on. I wasn't trying to move back home. I hadn't paid any rent where I was living. I didn't know what the fuck I thought was going to happen. What to be doing? Are, it, we, are we live? It do. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you don't know me. Greetings, starseeds, and welcome to a cosmic journey, the comedy podcast about science and spirituality, where we discuss everything in the universe from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wild, and I'm Jay Maceo. This week, we've got cosmic news stories like how Facebook is changing its name in order to better reflect Zuckerberg's dreams to own the meta universe meta meta or how a teeny tiny crack has disqualified this year's largest pumpkin contestant ruining halloween fun for everyone boo and on our youtube channel monday you can catch cosmic news in video format and on wednesday you can catch my cosmic insights where i'll be talking about what to do while you're waiting so be sure to subscribe <laughs> what do you do while you're waiting i would that <laughs> that's what we we're gonna find out today <laughs> Do that. Do that. Also, later on the show, we take a deep dive into a black hole. Splash. To discuss sex, drugs, and Jesus with our friend, Devan and Hubert. Yes, we do. What's up? Hey, hey, how you doing? We've already been talking and chatting and all we, this shit. We have. So much has gone on. <laughs> I'm going to bring my microphone over here. Let's talk about what happened earlier today to you, though, first. Oh, let's, start, let's start with this. Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying I have my computer is crap i have like my computer is so old it has a walker attached to it like my computer <laughs> it's old right mm -hmm. it was old when i got it mm -hmm. yeah um, it's ancient yeah it's, it's it right one of those now, it's, it's ancient a, it's heavy it's, it makes noise it's like <sighs> <laughs> heavy breathing <laughs> yeah it's tired so it's i got gout in one of its legs i upgraded it from windows it, it downgraded to windows 7 a long time ago somehow from windows 10 I put it back up to Windows 10, but it's still slow. Mm -hmm. And anyhow, I was like, let me look for laptops that are inexpensive. And one person had this, even though I'm mainly Windows and, mm -hmm. you know, and Android and everything, they had a MacBook for $100. And I was like, okay, let's look at this. And they were like, look, it's my anniversary. I want to give this away to someone deserving that's going to really use it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, $100, they're probably close to here. I talk to the people, they they make sure that I, I'm deserving of it. They're like, okay, you better not, we hope you're not lying and trying to resell it. And I'm like, okay. So long story short, too late. I end up selling these people 
mm-hmm. uh, the $100 plus 45 uh, for the shipping. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we'll give you a shipping number right after. And I don't know why I did this. I did this and I didn't hear back. So I looked up the last name that I zelled uh-huh. because they, they the zell was an email with the last name. And it was a Nigerian last name, which I didn't know it was Nigerian. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And then I looked up and I should have known this because I, I know I knew this already from other scams. I think I was just too in my head about what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it said, this is so, so funny, but actually it's not funny. It's sad. It's sad <laughs> that the shit is happening to people. But yeah, so I, I just, I got taken for a ride. Yeah. I mean, what was episode three that we were doing this show? I was telling you, I was getting scammed by that voodoo priestess from the internet. Yeah. I ended up sending them like a hundred dollars or something for, for some beads that I never got. Oh, damn it. And strangely enough, we were talking about this in the Illuminati which we haven't talked about for a long time. The <laughs> Illuminati hit me up again. So, yeah. I've I've gotten scans from them too. Uh, one time they actually wanted to send me like this, like, oh my God, this is so funny. They sent me like the certificate. Oh, yes. Which was clearly Photoshopped, like badly Photoshopped. And they're like, sign here and then uh, take a video while saying this oath or whatever. And they send me another like oath to, to say is like hail Satan and shit like that. I'm like, first of all, <laughs> I know the Illuminati isn't Satan worshipers. That's right. not the same thing. And second of all, this is clearly photoshopped. So I literally, I, 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 I sent them back that, um, that certificate thing with a bunch of red circles that I like, but I just circled where the, all the bad photoshopping was. And I said, here you go. Next time, figure this out. Get your Photoshop better. Like if you could, if you could send me $10,000, you can afford it to pay someone some, a decent Photoshopper. You, you got them, you busted them on something else too, <laughs> didn't you? Like on the bad English or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just you went off on one guy. Yeah. It was so funny. And I love doing that to people who think that they're like, they've got one up on me. Yeah. But sometimes I do get taken for a ride too. Yeah. I'm I know better now. Don't send anybody anything until you get the goods first. And I like it's funny. Like I usually am like so keen on that sort of thing, but I think I was blinded by what I wanted in the moment and so blinded by what I wanted in the moment and by mm-hmm. a little bit of greed that mm-hmm. I was not thinking with all my fac- faculties. Yeah. I almost said faculties. Happens, Those either. It happens to all of us. I guess it does. Internet it do. Scammers. It do be. What about you? Um, well, this week has been good. Um, a lot's gone on this week. Um, I don't really want to go into a lot of it, but um, it's it's all good. I've I've had some some wonderful experiences and a lot of lessons have been learned this week. And I have just really wanted to spend a lot of time with myself during during this this week. And and I have, and it's been nice. I've been reading. I've been just doing stuff at home and 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 trying to get my my mind right <laughs> which my is, mind's telling me no which i think uh, you know my my tarot cards have been kind of telling me that anyways like mm-hmm. i've been giving myself little readings and stuff and it's they're kind of like well your mind's not in the right place sir well, so i've been really taking that to heart and and doing things that i i know i enjoy that i, I want to keep doing and you know i've been reading that book um the gonzo way mm-hmm. and uh what i've been learning about the about, muppet no Oh. Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, Gonzo okay. journalism. Oh, okay. Um, so there's a lot about Hunter S. Thompson that I didn't actually know. He was an extreme pranker. Oh, really? Prankster. Yeah. He like literally like 
he used to have a a a, a cohort in like um I want to say Boston that used to send him or a lawyer that used to send him boxes of like gizmos and gadgets that he would use to prank people like um you know like those fake uh candy tins with like the the jump out oh like, nice you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. those things whoopee and cushions whoopee cushions like just shit, like just extreme prankster but one of the the biggest things that he would do is is he loved guns oh. and so he would take a propane tank out on his on his property and he'd have he and his wife out there just like shooting <laughs> this, these propane tanks wow. and if you hit it right they'll explode and so that was like one of his favorite things to do but if you couldn't get if you couldn't get, uh, if you couldn't hit it right, what he would end up doing is like taking the gun away from you and giving you a shotgun. <laughs> wow. Because he just wanted to see it explode. <laughs> so, but I, I think that one of the things that I've learned from him is like just having that sense of fun in your, in your life and having that, that, you know, take your, take your work seriously, but having a sense of fun in every other aspect of your life is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Be serious about, what is it? Don't take yourself too seriously. Take what you do seriously, but don't take yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Take fun seriously. Yes. Have serious fun. Have serious fun. Yeah. What else has been going on? Serious radio. Um, what did I do this week? Oh, I started my uh my other day job mm-hmm. uh doing the whole Medicare thing. I signed somebody up and the lady was really happy. Mm-hmm. So it's better than uh this I won't bash the stuff I was doing before, but it's it's definitely better than that. Oh I have my mom my mom call you or something. Oh yeah, she said she might. That's I awesome. For, I forgot, yeah. Um I think she was supposed to be Monday, but we will get this. We will get this in. No biggie, but no, it's like it's some people need help with it, some people don't, and like we find that out and if they need help i help if they don't i don't but yeah she doesn't have a plan at all so you, oh, you could help oh, okay <laughs> you definitely could oh, okay yeah she has nothing so um no yeah, you definitely couldn't but um yeah what have you been watching uh so i saw there's this guy who i kind of sort of know but he has a special on uh on uh netflix uh theo vaughn I've never heard of him. He has a mullet, kind of a weird, like almost mullet haircut, and I liked his. I really liked his comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has you know funny, fun. He has this southern thing going, so I really, really liked his comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it, it was you know it was really cool. Hmm. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, Another Life, uh, the second uh, season. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching that. And can I talk about something I told you about that I'm disappointed in? Yeah. This, I love American Horror Story. Like, I, every time when it's about to come out, I'm like, oh, yeah, don't mess with me on American Horror Story days. I just wasn't, I feel like Randy Jackson when I was like, oh, it's just all right for me, dog. And it wasn't, <laughs> like, and it was worse than just all right for me, dog. It was like, yeah. I feel like... I feel like American Horror Story is one of those staples that everyone enjoys, but it's just not that good a lot of the time. Don't blame me. I, I'm. This is just an opinion. I like the last season. I mean, some of them are really good. Some of them are better than others. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like they're they're a little overhyped at times. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy them. I I I think that. Um, uh, Ryan Murphy is like a, a genius with other stuff that he does, but American Horror Story, I think it's just, it it has so much um, um, expectation that mm-hmm. when it actually comes out that it's not 
oh. doesn't quite live up to the expectation, you know. Yeah. I haven't made it as far as you have, so I've only watched like three episodes or something yeah. of, of this current season. But yeah, this current season, I just was underwhelmed. Yeah, the the monster came like episode one, for like in um in this in this season, and it was kind of like, and it was very anticlimactic. He just was like there and like just start chasing after him. It's like what the fuck is going on? Like, there's no lead up. There was no suspense or anything. It was just kind of like, blah, there it is, you know? Oh, wait. So, oh, you're not, oh, you're not done with the first season? No. I mean, the first uh, storyline? No. So there are two storylines in this season. Double feature, yeah. Wait, how many episodes have you watched? Three. Three, okay. Like two and a half or something. Oh, right. Like yeah. Okay. Like, I haven't made it that far. Um, but in my... Um, I've been trying to watch a little, like, more horror movies and stuff. And... <gasps> I haven't watched any horror movies, but I watched a classic this week. What'd you watch? Heather's. Oh my, I've been, I, was, I was thinking about that recently. <laughs> I forgot how great and also greatly bad that movie is. Wait, wait, did they do a remake of Heather's? I don't think so. Okay. Or maybe they did in like, I feel like they should do another one. I feel like they did a remake in the 90s, not in the 90s. I feel like they did one like a couple of years ago. I don't know. I don't. Maybe they did. Oh no, maybe it was a TV thing. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a TV thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've actually remade the movie. I think they should remake remake the movie. It would be because the movie. Now. The I mean, <laughs> just how bad <laughs> the acting is in that movie. I love my son. I love my gay dead son. It's so bad and so good at the same. It's just such camp. It's just so campy. I haven't seen it in so many years. I'd love to see it with a new eye uh so that's awesome yeah it was it was really fun i love one other writer anyway she's great but yeah i mean i haven't watched any like good horror movies that was like the one thing i ended up watching this week i've been watching a lot of horror we talked about uh american i mean uh nightmare on elm street part mm -hmm. two being like the gayest uh horror film ever mm -hmm. then uh i was with somebody and we watched one then i watched the remake of one by myself and uh, with somebody, I watched a couple of, I watched the show uh, movie Ready or Not. Mm. Uh, it's, I don't know if I should talk about what it's about. Well, it's about a bride mm -hmm. who marries into this rich family. And they're like, one more thing before you can be a part of this family. And she, they're like, they, they're, he's like, we have to play a game. And she draws a card and they're like, oh no, any card, but that card. And they're like the hide and seek card. So she has to hide and they have to kill her before dawn or else they think that something bad is going to happen to the whole family if they don't like this is the thing that they have to do so they're like chasing her with crossbows or whatever and she thinks it's a game at first and then she finds out oh they're real yeah sounds weird it, it is weird i lied i did watch one other movie this week um uh before i wake it was that one i think i told you about last week but did i try to watch this i want to the little boy with the dreams that become real. I need to see this because I think I um, I remember you talking about that, mm -hmm. and I don't think I watched it because I should. I made I'm gonna watch it tonight. It was really good, and it was interesting seeing like an actual like scary movie because there was it wasn't like a super scary movie. They had a good couple jumps, and boom, I liked the monster. The monster was really interesting, um, but also it um it had a it had a positive ending. Oh, oh don't tell like, me. La, 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 which is kind of like interesting. I, I'm not like giving anything away, but like I was just, it was kind of like a um, kind of a left turn from like a, tra a traditional horror movie. Like, you know, it oh. actually ended up on a, on a good note. 
which is weird. We were just playing. Yeah. We were, it was somebody's dream. We playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's yeah. all right. Watch it. It's a great movie. Um, it, it, good couple of jumps, but it's it's not Ooh. necessarily like a like a traditional horror movie. It's it was it was really good. It was really good. I want to see I it. it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna see that. Like and it. Antlers when that comes out, that looks good. Have you seen? The I saw the trailer. Yeah. What are you thinking? I don't know. Oh. I'm like, what is this monster with the antlers? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to see this. Who is the director? I don't know. I don't I, it's big name. Oh, big name. Hey Google, <laughs> who directed Antlers? Antlers was directed by Scott Cooper. Oh, Scott Cooper Scott did Cooper, it. Yeah, Scott Cooper. Um, thank yeah, you. Daddy I think Google. I think he worked with somebody else though. I, I want to say he worked with them. It's kind of depends, leverage. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I heard something recently. Maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. Anywho. That's why I shouldn't do this with my phone. This, this is really weird and awkward. We just got a phone call from Nick. Yeah. So we're going to call him back. Hello. Hey, we're recording the podcast. And for some reason, Demi wanted to <laughs> me to like answer the phone. Uh yeah, so you're on the podcast. We're recording. Is everything? I shouldn't have you on speaker. Hold on. Is everything okay? <laughs> Prince. Oh my God. <laughs> we we talked about this before. Long story short, I sent money that I didn't have uh, to get a computer that wasn't that it's not gonna. Yeah, so I'm not getting a computer. But I'm out $145. A little less than that now. Yeah. That's not that's not crazy. That's, it could have been so much worse. Yeah, it could have been. I, I would be fine if I were you for sure. I am. Well, look, we, we are we're recording right now, but can can I give you a call back a little bit later? Hey, Denny. Hi. Mwah. All right, love you. <laughs> Didn't say you love me too. What? <laughs> he only loves me, <laughs> right? You're welcome. Anywho, now see, I shouldn't do this with my phone. No, you should not. Put that away. Uh, We're about to get into the astrology forecast. So. All right. <laughs> you started it. Okay. Oh, well, psh, love you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the astrology forecast, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. The channel message. <laughs> Why did I get so serious all of a sudden? The channel message that I had for this week was wash your sins away. I thought they said hands. I don't know why. Wash your hands away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wash them all away. Um, so basically, like what I feel like right now with Scorpio season approaching us tomorrow, oh. on the day that we're uh, recording this, it's going to be Saturday tomorrow. Um, but Scorpio season starts, and I already covered this in the last astrology forecast. But Scorpio season is all about transformation. It's about uh, upheaval for the things that we've had in our past hmm. and um, starting brand new, essentially, and kind of stepping into our own powers in a, in a way, um, really uh, understanding things from a deeper level, uh, percept, 
like perception is a really big thing here. So if you're mm -hmm. like perceiving things um, a little differently, that could be an interesting aspect of it as well. But really, I wanted to kind of touch on the on the point that like this is the time to kind of wash away the things that we don't need anymore and the things that we um, and start kind of stepping into the things that we do want in our lives. Oh, yeah, I liked it. So um, along with um, Scorpio season on October 31st on Halloween, uh, Mars enters Scorpio officially. So planet of action and drive enters the powerful and transformative Scorpio. This time frame is great for putting action towards transforming some aspect of ourselves or in initiating some sort of transformation. It can also be a time for great impulse or extremes. Temper this with time with the earth, uh, walking in the outdoors barefoot or sticking our feet in the sand, ground yourself literally and allow the transformation to take place. Oh, I like that. The, lit mm -hmm. the literally grounding yourself. Sometimes literally. that is, yeah. I love, I love stepping outside barefoot in, in the dirt. Um, I especially love going to the beach and, and putting my feet into the sand, but um, literally going outside and putting your feet on the ground is some, is a, a it's a typical way to actually like literally ground yourself. Nice. I mean, um, I do that in, I guess I do that indoors and my feet touch the ground, but like, I kind of like, it's not the ground though. You're on the second floor. Oh yeah. No, I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, if you go outside into the grass, yeah, just be careful not to step on poo seriously <laughs> around here seriously um so that was the only movement that we have this week but we have a lot of aspects so on october 26th and 27th venus squares neptune here lies a conflict between our love lives and our dream life what parts of ourselves are, are restricting are restricting our dreams also is your love being restricted in some way mm. or what choices are you making between your romantic life and your spiritual guidance Ooh, it's big for me why so i might talk about it in my uh in my uh cosmic uh okay yeah um october 28th and 29th venus will be sextiling jupiter uh sextiles that uh positive aspect uh new pathways of growth are opening up to us in our romantic creative or business lives opportunities for expansion in these areas is highly likely i'm a sextile he's a sextile you yeah i want a sextile um, October 28th, moon square sun. It is a battle royale. Oh. A proud Leo moon will be squaring off with our cunning Scorpio sun. Uh, this energy brings our subconscious at odds with our impulse towards change. Perhaps there is something that is holding us back when it comes to our emotions. Ooh. Mm. Good to address those things. Um, October 30th, sun square Saturn. Our sense of self is at odds with the aspect of restriction and law here. Are we changing the plan or are we working the plan as intended? A lot, of, a lot of these, like when things are squaring, I like to ask the question to myself, like, what is really going on here? What aspect is, or because a square is basically a hard angle, it's a 90 degree angle between mm -hmm. two, between two planets and two, sun, or you know, two planets. And uh, it's usually a conflict, but um, I like to ask myself the question because one of these things has to be addressed. And because these things are at odds, it's good to address at least one of them. Address um, great to stuff. address both of them but always ask yourself the questions um again two more things on halloween which i think halloween's going to be a really intense night this week yeah um october 31st moon trine uranus our emotions or our subconscious is going through an upheaval at this time uh this energy allows for transformation to take place easily though 
Uh, and also Mercury trine Jupiter. Last but not least, Mercury planet of communication, learning, and intellect will be harmoniously activated by an expansive Jupiter. Perhaps a bit of luck when it comes to our way of expression is on the rise here. Oh, little drops of Jupiter. Little drops of Jupiter. <laughs> Finally, we're going to do a little tarot reading. Oh, I want to pull up my little tarot. My little cheat sheet. Hey, man. Oops, not that one. The houses. Oops. Hold on. House of Abundance. Oops. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Tom. Tardar. Oop. Alrighty. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, they just whoa, are flying. Whoa, 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 whoa. How many of them bad boys flew I out? Four. I think this is the first one. Four of Cups. Seven of Cups. Oh, Cups in it. Mm -hmm. Oh, five. Oh, shit. Uh, seven of swords, four of swords, Ooh. and queen of cups. Okay, this is a lot of go lot going on here. Wow, look at the sevens and fours. Mm -hmm. Lots of sevens and fours. Four, seven, four, seven. Hmm. Perfection, wisdom, foundations. Some stable energy. Some stable energy, which is good. Yeah. Um, okay. Four of cups. We'll start there. Cups. I have one of my contacts is fucking up. Uh, emotional strength and stability, protective instinct, uh, care, affection, and uh, luxury is the word on here. And it is cancer energy. So that's good. Um, seven of cups satiety satiety overindulgence overcompensation a binge both of these are kind of giving me energy of conflict first of all between um appeasing ourselves or <laughs> think about this for a second both of these are kind of conflicting energies here because number one um doing things that are uh feeling good versus things that are going to be good for us in the long term mm, yeah um and then uh so this is venus and scorpio yeah venus and scorpio a lot of intense energy for this one as well um uh moon and aquarius seven of swords swords Seven of Swords. So this is just the energy for the week, first of all. So this is like the stuff that we got to keep in mind here. So are we doing the things that we want to do or are we doing the things that are going to be good for us? Mm. Which I think is something that I definitely want to. Oh, Scorpio energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Transformative. Are we washing the sins away or are we? Okay, I got it. Um, seven uh of swords my literally my right contact is like doesn't like to stay in one place I, these are brand new ones too negative expectations one i couldn't put anything on my eyeball it's still like freaks me out that some people can put something on their eyeball I'm trying to get it right here like right so on the eyeball so negative expectations indecisiveness cunning or foolish trust hmm. foolish trust is what sticks out to me there um libra jupiter and libra four of swords stabilization rest from strife conflict tolerance 
recuperation tolerance. Okay. Hmm. Are we putting our trust in the right things or are we just tolerating those things? Are mm. we putting our trust in the universe or are we just tolerating the things that are around us just because they're there? Um, finally, I think this is what's going to be the interesting part. So Queen of Cups, what's going to kind of like tie this all together here? Emotional integrity. God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Open and honest about feelings, intuitive over understanding. Um, yeah, so ultimately, so a lot of questions are, are releasing here. Are we um, understanding things from a deeper level? Are we tolerating things? Or are we just moving with, with the flow um, mm. just because it's there? I think ultimately what we have to do is understand our, our own insecurities, understand our own intuition, and understand what it is that these things really mean to us. And if they're good for us, uh, really making those decisions to stick with them or move along with our lives. Mm. Ultimately. Move it along. Which I think is something that I definitely have something going on this week. But I had to question that myself. Um, finally, your words create worlds. We've had Ooh. this before, um, but your words create worlds. Um, so... Um, what are we, what are, what's the story that we're telling us? What ourselves, what are the things that we're telling ourselves? What are the things that we're, um, um, putting out there into the world Yeah. and how can we better, uh, use our words and what can we do to create those things better in our lives? What can we do? What can we do? We can do things. get into some news uh so uh you know i like energy drinks <laughs> yeah you do a lot of humans like energy drinks this might be your spirit animal right but uh apparently not just humans like uh energy drinks so a seal was spotted swimming for more than a week with the red bull energy can stuck to its mouth and it was rescued by police in scotland now the seal was first spotted on october 6th swimming off the coast of belfast uh, Northern Ireland, where the can wedged on its lower jaw and a rescue uh, operation was launched by the Explorer Seal Rescue Team in collaboration with the Belfast Harbor Police, uh, Legan Search and Rescue, and the charity Debbie Doolittle Wildfire Rescue. Debbie Doolittle. Yeah, it was a, a collaboration there. Collab remix. Uh, the rescuers were unable to capture the seal, but the animal was rescued during the weekend when it turned up on the Scottish side of the River Clyde. Oh, Scottish side of the River Clyde. I love that. <laughs> so we're having old ditty here. Now, Scotland's Ministry of Defense said that the seal was spotted resting on a storm drain. Uh, the police there, uh, the Clyde Marine Unit officers, freed this animal by uh, in distress and would urge people to take extra care in how they dispose of their rubbish anywhere near the waterway. Uh, the news of the rescue was welcomed by the rescuers who had attempted to help the seal on the other side of the river. So they yeah. were glad. So and, it's not exactly a, a Red Bull drinking seal. It actually just got stuck on its mouth, which is kind of sad. That is kind of sad. But 
I think he might have had some Red Bull too. <laughs> might have been a little bit left in there. A little bit left in there, and the water probably could splash and came back. And he was like, "Oh, this is like you can't catch me, baby. You can't catch me." Because he was like, he had wings. That's how he got to the other side. Yeah, but I think it really speaks to how um, we're disposing things of in the ocean. Like, be sure that you're really recycling things, and not just throwing them in, into the ground. Yeah, essentially, because they can get into the waterway. And they can get on the lock on the jaw of a seal. Yeah. So be careful how you dispose. Indeed. Uh, Facebook is rebranding. This is a brand new. Um, I heard this. It just happened. And it might actually happen this week. They wow. said they might actually happen like this week. Um, so Facebook is planning to change its company name next week to reflect its focus on building the metaverse, according to a universe, uh, according to a source with direct knowledge of the matter. The coming name change with CEO Mark Zuckerberg plans to talk about at the company's annual con- connect conference on October 28th, but could unveil sooner is meant to signal the tech giant's ambition to be known for more than social media and all the ills that entail. Uh, the rebrand could likely position the blue Facebook app as one of the many products under the parent company, overseeing groups like Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and more. Uh, Facebook already has more than 10,000 employees building consumer hardware like AR glasses that Zuckerberg believes will eventually be as ubiquitous as smartphones. Uh, in July, he told The Verge that over the next several years, we will effectively transmit, transition from people seeing us as primarily being a social media company to being a metaverse company. Metaverse. What is the metaverse? That's what I want to find out. Hey, Google, what's the metaverse? According to Wikipedia, the word metaverse is made up of the prefix meta and the stem verse. The term is typically used to describe the concept of a future iteration of the internet made up of persistent, shared, 3D virtual spaces linked into a perceived virtual universe. So the future of the internet. Yeah, so essentially... I don't know if you guys heard that at all, but um, essentially what it's going to be is like 3D generated um, universes that people can interact with using AR glasses, mm-hmm. um, which is really weird to me. I yeah. I don't like this. I hope we don't get stuck in that, you know, which, like the Matrix. It's dystopian feeling. It's yeah. like, ooh, we're going to spend all of our time in this made up universe. People already do that. So... Um, a former employee turned whistleblower, Francis Haugen, recently leaked a trove of damning internal documents to the Wall Street Journal and testified about them before Congress. Antitrust regulators in the U.S. and elsewhere are trying to break the company up, and public trust is in how Facebook does business is failing, falling. Uh, the new Facebook company name is a closely guarded secret within its walls and not known widely. Uh, even among its full senior leadership, a possible name could have something to do with Horizon. The name of the still unreleased VR version of Facebook means meets Roblox. Uh, Roblox is that video game oh, okay. uh, nice. that the company has been developing over the past few years. Oh, this sounds so weird. Yeah. Um, the metaverse is going to be a big focus. And I think that we're just going to be a big part of the next chapter of the way that the internet involves after the mobile internet. Uh, Zuckerberg told The Verge's Casey Newton this summer, and I think it's going to be the next chapter for our company too, really doubling down in this area. Complicating matters is that while Facebook has been heavily promoting the idea of the metaverse in recent weeks, it is not the concept that's widely understood. The term was coined originally by sci-fi novelist Neil Stevenson to describe a virtual world where people can escape to from a dystopian real world. Okay. <laughs> now it's being adopted by one of the world's largest and most controversial companies. And it'll have to con- explain why its own virtual world is worth diving into. Oh. 
did you ever play that game or do you know anybody that ever played this game um fuck what was it called it was no it was a it was essentially like this like like it was a 3d generated world that people could just build things and the uh not the smiths the not the sims oh that's what i was thinking of okay it was like the sims but it was more um open-ended it was more kind of like um if you guys know what this is put us in the comments i have no i i forget what it's called but it was like people can fly and they can like just put like pictures on walls and things oh wow build things it was kind of like roblox in a way but i don't even know i haven't even heard of roblox it's uh, roblox is a big thing that's happened they're doing like roblox concerts like internet concerts for like oh, virtual concerts on these video game platforms like oh, roblox wow. little nas x did one. Oh wow for roblox yeah so i think this is is could be the wave of the future um mostly i think kids are using it these days um so i can't the, get out but at the same time i don't know if i trust anything that zuckerberg does because look at his eyes his eyes are dead eyes I saw uh, something yesterday with the uh, the reptilian. Uh, I saw a reptilian on a, on the show yesterday. Yeah, so mind, I don't know why. Now I can't not see the Zuckerberg thing. He looks like a reptilian. He's got dead fucking eyes. That you see that video of him like talking about meats, smoked meats. Yes, meats, I did. Meats. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways. Yeah, this is scary. I don't know about this, but we'll see what happens. We gonna see. Yeah. Well, crack kills. Yes, it does. <laughs> and that happened this week. Uh, it also disqualifies. And it disqualifies too. So a Wisconsin farmer grew a 2,520-pound pumpkin believed to be the heaviest grown in the country this year, but it was disqualified from competition due to a crack. Uh, Mike Schmidt, of uh, Marcus Sand said he had been growing the giant pumpkin for years, but this year marked the first time his uh, gourd surpassed 2,500 pounds. Now, Schmidt's 2,520-pound pumpkin is believed to be the largest grown in the United States this year, but it was disqualified from competition due to a fingernail-sized crack in the vegetable's exterior. No! Yes! Uh, the grower said the crack is believed to be a result of internal pressure from the pumpkin's large size and awkward way it was grown. Uh, the pumpkin could have earned Sims or now I'm thinking Sims, Sims. <laughs> uh, Schmidt a $22,680 prize from 2021 Safeway World Championship Pumpkin Wayoff in California, which offers a $9 per pound prize to the winner. Uh, the all-time record for a pumpkin grown in the United States was set in uh, 2018 by Steve Geddes of Escowin, uh, New Hampshire, whose pumpkin tipped the scales at 2,528 pounds. Did you look at the picture of this thing? I did not. Oh, yeah, the pumpkin? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was huge. Crazy. Yeah. And it was growing at a very odd angle. It was growing, like, sideways, but then it also had a really, like, like a chair almost like a like a ledge out of it yeah <laughs> you can sit on um yeah that's sad ruining, get in that pumpkin ruining halloween you could yeah. Yeah. if you carved it and then you'd like just scooped it out kick it in that pumpkin like this yeah exactly mm. you could damn that's a big ass pumpkin though big ass pumpkin i want a, I want a big pumpkin 
<laughs> I'm a big pumpkin. Yes, Lord. Um, so um, some archaeology news here. So I hate spiders. Really, I hate them. Hate them. That that you're like oh you're like I am with uh, with mice. Biggest fear, spiders. Oh wow, I hate them. Um, so but this is a fossilized spider that was found. Oh okay, which actually was kind of nice. I guess. Haha, <laughs> you and a fossil. As far as spiders go. Uh, but nothing gets between a fiercely protective mother spider and her children. Dripping tree resin trapped adult female spiders and baby spiderlings about 99 million years ago, Ooh. forever showcasing the maternal care exhibited by these arthropods, according to new research. The Lagomegopidae almost i think i did that right almost family of spiders is now ex extinct but spiders have a long history and first appeared during the carboniferous period between 359 and 299 million years ago the fossilized burmese spider pieces tell two different stories one shows a female legomeno legomendopid spider <laughs> clutching an egg sac containing eggs about to hatch you can see the little pre-hatchlings within the egg sac this is uh, exactly how a living female spider, which is nestled in a crevice in tree bark, could look, uh, in this case, right before being swamped with tree resin. Mm. So it, it was living in like a little tree crack, and then the, the tree dripped sap, essentially, Bam! onto it, and then that sap fossilized, trapping it. She's like, oh, come on, baby, I can't move. Oh, mm. Come on, baby. Mm -mm. I don't know why I made her sound like a pimp. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a pimp spider. Mm. Pimp mom. Uh, other pieces of amber show a group of tiny spiderlings that had just hatched. This shows that female Lagonomegopid spider guarded for her egg sac from harm. Once the spiderlings hatched, they stayed together and were guarded by their mother. As evidenced by the leg fragment i'm not saying it again leg fragments from the same period of amber uh, the researchers used ct scanning to spot tiny eyes and other features that revealed the identity of the spider oh, as well as the tiny spider lanes in 3d detail these spiders can be distinguished between <laughs> you looked at me like i was gonna say it again didn't no you? i try to do tiny eyes and i was like oh i can't make my eyes smaller <laughs> like you know how they do on cartoons they make their eyes big or yeah. like make them small I, yeah i couldn't do that you're not a cartoon. I'm not a cartoon. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, these spiders can be distinguished because they had a large pair of eyes situated in the front corners of the head. Other known fossils of these spiders have revealed that they have a reflective tapetum in their eyes, similar to other nocturnal creatures. Think about the way a cat's eyes flash in the dark. That terrifies the fuck out of me. Oh, Seeing a spider. Oh. No, 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 not the cat's eyes. Oh. Seeing a spider with reflective eyes. Oh. oh hell no. Yeah. Hail big spider, man. if you can see the eyes. Big yeah. ass fucking spider. Uh, spiders are known for exhibiting maternal care, but fossilized examples of these are exceedingly rare. Other arthropods that exhibit this kind of care include insects and crustaceans. Wow. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Mama spiders. Speaking of the eyes thing, I just learned this. I did not know that uh, that tigers have white spots on the back of their ears. And we should get a picture of this, maybe post it in here. So tigers have picture, uh, pictures, have white spots on the back of their ears. And if you look at them, it looks like eyes. Mm. And I guess they were saying that nature did this so that tigers uh, would look like- Camouflage. No, yeah. Like they could see behind their head. Yeah. Like look, yeah. And that, you know, they wouldn't be attacked from behind because a creature would look at that and think that they 
uh, those are eyes. So mm. it's interesting. Look at the say, look at the back of Tiger's head or Google Tiger false eyes, fake eyes. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember moving day. Uh, you were the first person who came over here when I moved here, I think. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, major moving day. Uh, new, a Newfoundland Canadian, uh, a Canadian from Newfoundland. Uh, they're, they're, okay. A Newfoundland <laughs> Canada couple with the problem faced with the problem of moving from their dream or moving the dream home from its former location to the property. Uh, they ended up taking a direct route through more than a half mile of water. Uh, Danielle Pennessy said she and her boyfriend, Kurt Lovell, discovered the house that uh, Penny, I don't know if I said Penny, Penny <laughs> had developed. Thirsty? Right? Thirsty Penny. Penny, uh, Penny. Uh, well, they discovered this house that uh, Penny had long admired on the shore of the Bay Islands, and it was uh, the Bay Island Inlets, and it was going to be torn down. So they received permission from the property owners to move the structure to their own coastal property in MacIvers. Uh, I, I don't know why I thought of MacIver. Uh, the couple determined uh, that moving the house would be too difficult as there were too many obstacles in the way. So they hatched a plan to float the house over a little, uh, over a half mile of uh, water through the Bay of Islands to its new location. They must really love this house. Yeah, this must be the bomb diggity house. I don't know if anyone says the bomb diggity anymore. Uh, barrels were installed under the house, and it was tied to a metal frame uh, to uh, with old tires to keep it upright in the water. There are buoys. Boy! Um, aerial footage of the move uh, was shown, uh, and it was being pushed through the inlet by a series of small boats. Penny said uh, one corner of the house dipped into the water, for a second uh, to the second story window at one point during the transport and the engine of Lovell's boat died, but members of the community used their own boats to rush to the assistance uh, of the of the, uh, the couple and the movers and uh, they would ensure that the house made it to its safe location or location safe. Uh, Penny said the house was uh, drying in its new location and the couple hoped to begin renovation soon to turn it into their permanent home for their family. For their family. How good of a house <laughs> does this have to be in order to put it, install barrels and tires onto it and push it across a river? Location, location, location. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. If you figure, like, however much it costs to move the house, you could have bought a nicer house. Could be. Yeah. I wonder how much it would have cost. Yeah. I want to just transport a house. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. You can look it up. <laughs> um, I just I just have to say this now. The uh, the Nigerian uh -huh. uh, person texted me again. Do you have a charger for it? I'm like, part of me is wondering, are they going to uh, are they gonna, are you going to send me this thing? Yeah, I'm going to put no. Just say yes. I don't know in case they do oh, yeah. send it. I don't have one. I hope they're not going to say send me a little bit more and we're going to uh, could be. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. So we'll see. Could be. Keep you keep our eyes peeled. Keep our eyes posted. Posted. <laughs> Last story this week. Um, 
I'm going to say this at the very end, but uh, this is a, a thing that came into my peripherals on the internet of late. And there's actually a psychological reason for this. So the psychological motivation behind the appeal of stinky things and the same as the appeal of roller coasters, painfully spicy foods and deep tissue massage. I love a deep tissue massage. Likewise with the reading sad novels and watching scary movies. This is called benign masochism. It's a coin termed by Paul Rosen, PhD, professor emeritus of psychology and at the university of pennsylvania describes how humans enjoy negative sensations and emotions when they're reassured that no harm will come to them a safe threat in other words enjoyment of disgust inspired by the massive audience at a recent blooming of a corpse flower at uc berkeley's botanical gardens uh, valerie curtis phd a research director of the london school of hygiene and tropical medicine and psychology today's disgustologist uh, is quoted as saying the phenomenon is not dissimilar from kids playing war games in which they can practice their reactions to unpleasant situations. Hmm. Uh, the play motive leads humans and most mammals, especially young ones, to try out experiences in relative safety as, so as to be better equipped to deal with them when they meet them for real. She says, we are motivated to find out what a corpse smells like and so <laughs> how we'd react if we ever met one. Gross. Met one. Met one. Yeah. Did you ever see these these photos of the corpse flowers? No. They're huge, like eight feet tall. I'll put I'll put one in the video. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I want to see a corpse flower. But there's um, but I wanted to ask, what is something that is typically gross, painful, or unpleasant that you actually love? Oh, that I love and that I'm gonna actually talk about here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can think of a couple of things, but like uh, some of them I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, some of them I'm not gonna embarrass myself. Uh, you know what? Not as much anymore. But uh, the smell of I, I don't do this anymore because I'm I'm sober and I don't want to like you know whatever. Marcus. But yeah, uh, whiteout oh. and uh, gasoline. I was gonna say gasoline. Yeah, I love the smell of gasoline. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what it is like. But I remember I got caught when I was, uh, my mother was my middle school counselor and I was sitting in her office one day. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So she put my schedule together during the summer and told me what classes I was going to be going oh, to. hell no. During the summer. Mom like, butt out. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, even kids would tell on me, like if I did something during class, kids would tell my mother, they would oh, go to her office. And tell God. One day I was in my mother's office sniffing white out. <laughs> with the door open for some reason. And a guy walked by and he's like, what the hell are you doing? don't do that a teacher and i'm glad that that's all he said because it could have been worse <laughs> i was gonna say smelling gasoline that was my favorite thing yeah. i will say the story last night or yesterday though mm -hmm. love spicy food i love it buffalo delicious i had some buffalo chicken from papa john's and i ate that shit down i was like oh this is good shit good shit end up being really Bad painful shit, shit. <laughs> later on when it came out it burned oh my god i didn't enjoy that so much the sauce can you get it without sauce yeah that's a good point oh i, I don't yeah, put I, sauce on things oh hell, buffalo sauce mm -mm. oh no oh drench that shit no i don't you know you know what else i don't do barbecue sauce i don't want i don't want sauce on my barbecue if it's good barbecue or steak if this shit is good it don't need no sauce if you cook it right. What the hell do you mean barbecue without barbecue sauce? I hate barbecue sauce. I hate, what I really hate is when people think you're going to want barbecue sauce and they put it on there for you. Mm -mm. 
That's a barbecue, though. No, barbecue is you put the thing in the barbecue, <laughs> barbecue ribs. Yeah, with I don't want I don't need sauce on them. Mm-mm. Keep your sauce to yourself. There's there are very few types of sauce that I like. There are very few types of con. Like I don't put ketchup on anything. That's true. Uh, I I put mustard on something today just because it's the only condiment that I have in there. I like mayo, but I don't buy it. Didn't last week you put like a little scoop of like mustard <laughs> on a spoon and you just ate the mustard off the spoon. My hand. <laughs> so what is wrong with you? <laughs> a lot. And he said, don't look at me. Of course, I'm going to look at you when you do it. And I was <laughs> you like, say that. I was like, what was that? He just put the mustard back in the fridge. Ew. I do love mustard, though. Yeah. I would have probably done the same thing. I probably could have done one of those, but I, <laughs> I put it in my hand. I washed my hand afterwards. Ooh, no. Buffalo sauce? Yes. Anyways, that is all of our news stories that we have this week. As usual, you can find all the articles in this today's episode in our show notes located at our website at acosmicjourneypod.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like this video and subscribe for more every week. And if you're listening to the podcast, stay tuned because after this, we were going to be joined by our guest, the awesome Devan and Hubert. Yes, we are. We are. We is. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Story of Seeds. We have a very, very, very special guest for you today. Yeah, um, we do. So this is our friend, Devannon. He is the... Oh, hold on. I lost it. <laughs> he is the host of Sex, Drugs, and Jesus, the podcast, and the owner of Down Under Apparel, an amazing luxury underwear shop, if I don't say so myself. I'm wearing some right now. Uh, Devannon <laughs> served as was honorably discharged from the U.S. Air Force. He is a grad of the Embry-Riddle Aeronautical Institute and the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. Devannon is also the author of Sex, Drugs, and Jesus, a memoir about surviving through addiction, illness, homelessness, and finding one's path back to salvation. Please welcome Devan and Hubert. Welcome. <laughs> hey, bitches. Hey. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said it was all the more calm before I got on the air. That would have been clean. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have fun. This is going to be a fun one. Gargling. Yes. Oh, boy. Okay. Face not, want not. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm a spitter. <laughs> really? That's like He's smoking a-, a joint and not inhaling. He's a swallower. Oh, <laughs> you better quit wasting a good protein. <laughs> I've done it before. It's not. Unless they eat a lot of fruit, it's probably not so much sun. So. I I rather them not eat a lot of fruit. I don't I, I don't like it sweet. I don't know why I'm yeah. Yeah. I'd rather salty than sweet. You need Jesus. I do. Back to <laughs> Devan. <laughs> Maybe I need some sex and drugs too. It has been done. It has been done. Okay, so while we get before we get started here, I just wanted to make sure that you're aware of how we do this now. So we're gonna start with a little uh a little rapid fire thing to kind of just get us warmed up. Then we're gonna go straight in. We're gonna just jump right into the to the good straight stuff. in, straight in exactly. And then we're gonna go a final rapid fire to finish things off. Sound good? Yeah, it's like an Oreo or a three way. Basically, yes. yeah, little like little, like an ice sour, little nice sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look! If you guys are watching the video, I'm actually the cream in the middle of the Oreo right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Oh, the fun, the fun. You're the PPA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to be weird. <laughs> you know what? Let's switch it off. Let me ask the, the first question this time. Do it. Uh, what's your star sign? Um, Sagittarius. Oh, okay. You had to think about that, didn't you? <laughs> Because y'all say it a different way. Then I went back to our whole conversation. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was still in the Oreo. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Where's your hometown? Oh, fuck. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Nice. <laughs> that with all the shame in the world. <laughs> you still in my, there. In my heart, I feel like I am an Angelino and a native of Los Angeles. I never mm. felt like I was a stranger there. So Los Angeles is my home. I'll be there week after next. So. Ooh, that's right. Nice. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll be hanging out with us for around Halloween time. Ooh, that'll be fun. Gengar, I'm bringing my big purple Gengar onesie. I'm Gengar for Halloween this year. By the way, never mind. I'm going to send this to you afterwards. So um, if you guys, if you and your boyfriend want to come. Um, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be wearing drag. Uh, I'll be in drag for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Where's, what's your favorite, uh, or your ideal vacation? Los Angeles. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how obsessed I am with that city. But if for some reason it ever falls into San Andreas Fault or whatever, then I'm going to Tokyo. That's Ooh, my, my awesome. That's one of my one of my wants to visit. I, I definitely want to visit Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, people there. Yeah. What is your favorite book? <clears throat> Fuck me in the tits of the dick. Like I've been, <laughs> never heard of that one. <laughs> reading so many. I would probably I would probably say the Bible. Oh, okay. Not and it is because it is so controversial. Mm-hmm. I would probably say that. Okay. What's your uh, dream car? BMW. Oh, Mike, I knew you were going to say that. I knew. Yeah. Birds of a feather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My neighbor, uh, back when I lived in Echo Park, he had this cute little Beamer that sat there for like three months. Like he, I don't even know. I, we thought me and my roommate thought that he was dead actually, because he, <laughs> we normally saw him like coming and going places, but it turned out he was just visiting family. We start coming up with all kinds of things like he must be like dying in there. Like, <laughs> like if we open up a window, we probably smell it. Like you know, crazy for eternity. <laughs> Give me a convertible Beamer over anything. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. must be convertible. We have to have the bald heads and the wind. Yes, yes, <laughs> or the wig, or the or, wig. Or the wig. <laughs> or the wig. I have several. Uh, what's your favorite season? Summer. Yes. Everyone's a summer. Yes. Uh, what's, what's the strength of yours? My mind. Ooh, my mind's telling me no. Sorry. <laughs> but my body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, what is a weakness of yours? My mind. <laughs> I like that. The same. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you won the lottery uh, today, what is the first thing you'd buy? The first thing that I would buy would be some sort of account to stash the majority of it in and hide it from myself. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Double secure, some, some sort of, of like two factor authentication <laughs> for a 
bank oh, account. I'm scratching and trying to get it. <laughs> nice. Um. Oh, last one. Uh, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Madonna. Whoa. Um. Fuck. Her name is not Annalise Keating. Fuck. Uh, who is? <laughs> God damn it! How to get away with murder? Shit, Viola oh, Davis. Um, yeah, uh, uh, um, Viola Davis. Yes, oh, yes, yes. I was just I I just took that off my list from Netflix yesterday, actually, because I yes, no. um, so, third oh, and then the third person. Sorry. Oh, Godzilla. Oh, <laughs> never had that. But our last guest said Madonna, so that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of our uh, rapid fire, isn't it? Yep. So now let's get into the meat. We love meat on this show. We do. Let's let's talk about kind of the the beginning here. Like, I want to start with like the, your your time in the Air Force. Like, what brought you into the Air Force? How did that happen? And then, how were you honorably discharged? Well, my recruiter bought me Skittles, and it really really sealed the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Skittles! <laughs> I mean, um, was you know easy still kind of am from time to time and so <laughs> uh, so no in my high school they made us take the entrance exam which is called the ASVAB they just we were just sitting down playing with our dicks or whatever one day and then this over the intercom they were like all seniors report to the cafeteria to take this test so we're like okay so this is happening wow. we took it I scored high the air force happened to call before anybody else and my parents like insisted I go down and talk to him. I did. And okay. You know, you ever come across something in life and you didn't know that you, you had never thought about doing it before, but when it's sitting right there in front of you, you get like this feeling and you just know that that's the door that's open for you right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that, that is why nobody in my immediate family was in the military. It wasn't like I was trying to keep the family legacy going. I wasn't all political, didn't know anything about the fucking military. This was a couple of months before graduation and I went from applying to colleges here in the area to, okay, I'm the Air Force. It feels right, let's do it. Wow. See, I, I had the same kind of experience when I was in high school and they did, um, the, the Navy recruiter came in and I was like, I don't wanna, I'm not an army person. I have astigmatism, so I can't do the Air Force, but I could probably do Navy. <laughs> like I, I could be a sailor. A seaman, you mean? A seaman. <laughs> yeah, I could be a Just seaman. spit it out, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I love seamen. I sure will. I know that's right. Ooh, they have yeah. some ass outfits though. That peacoat, the navy peacoat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they look cute. They look cute. How yeah, long were, were you in? Six years. Wow. Yeah. What were some highlights of that? Like, what what was your like best times there, <laughs> or worst time? Um, first time having sex. First time sucking a dick. All the um military men that I got to have, all the college <laughs> men that I got to have, you know, really coming of age, going to a rave for the first time and horseback riding for the first time and living in the desert. The, the, the Air Force brought me to Tucson and it brought me to Southern California. Getting away from the country ass South, mm -hmm. closed-minded, narrow-minded South, that was the best thing overall was the exposure. Wow. You know, an adult, you know, out there in Southern California. Wow. So when did you come out? Did you come out while you were uh, in the Air Force or after? Oh, I don't believe in coming out. Like, not for me personally. Oh, okay. I have a different attitude about that. And by the time that 
it would have been important. You know, I went to the military when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And so, and I guess people at all ages feel like they need to tell their parents. I'm like, look, if you can't tell what's going on over here, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I really can't help you. So what's the point of trying to explain myself to somebody when they can't understand this? It's mm. clear. It's clear. And so I've just never had that, you know, mom, dad, there's something to tell. I just started showing up with dudes. And I was like, my attitude was like, if you accept the grade, if you don't, then fuck you. And it doesn't matter if it was my parents, siblings, everybody can kiss my ass if it comes down to it. Wow. <laughs> I, I wish I'd had that attitude earlier in life. Yeah. Okay, you got it now. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, I like that attitude of like, just what you see is what you get. Like, you don't, I don't feel a need to explain myself to you. Like, I, I fully love that yeah. yeah i'm a gemini so many layers you know <laughs> <laughs> and people inside yeah yeah well not not lately but well well so what led what led to like being honorably discharged like like was oh, it because i did, they never successfully were able to put me out so i got a couple of article 15s which is like a very bad thing to get if you're in the military that's like a uniform code of justice this is like our penal code when you're in the military violation. I got in trouble for piercings. I got in trouble for writing checks that didn't have enough money in the bank um, <laughs> and shit like that. You know, so they tried to throw me out a couple of times, but a bitch prevailed. <laughs> so, and so you get an honorable discharge as long as you don't do something to fuck it up. You know, you have to stay right. under a certain weight. You have to like not get in trouble. But the Air Force oh. is very like... Like, you don't want to get, like, DUIs and get caught with drugs in your system and shit like that. But right. the Air Force is very subjective. So, like, a person at Base X who does, who gets a DUI would not get the same punishment as a person at Base H. Just depends on how the commander feels about some shit. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, what did you do most of uh, the time you were in there? Like, what was your... Hmm? For an occupation? Yes. I guess I've already told you all the filth. So um, <laughs> the job I signed in to do was called Electronic Warfare Systems, which means that I was an aircraft mechanic on C-130 Hercules aircraft in the deserts of Tucson, Arizona. Mm. That aircraft is like a surveillance reconnaissance aircraft, and it'll, you know, it, it just kind of hovers around uh, whatever territory they're trying to um, block a signal listen in and things like that it's an intelligence job hmm. and then after that i did three years as a recruiter my office was on second street in san bernardino behind the in and out burger wow. i also worked on rodeo and la brea at the uh, military interest processing station and sometimes i would go down to arrow drive in san diego but mainly i was in los angeles yeah oh nice i was i was down there on uh, la brea and rodeo uh wait uh, rodeo road over okay. Call it Rodeo Road. If you like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, I was, yeah, I was just down there just a few weeks ago. So now I'm thinking. Never mind. I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm spacey sometimes. So well, this is why we love you. But um, so all right, let's just kind of like move on. We'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe come back to that. So like, yeah, as long as you don't fuck up, you automatically get an, an honorable discharge. You don't have to do anything special. Just don't fuck it up because you have to sign on for a contract four years or six years. At the end of those years, they ask you if you want to re-enlist. If you want to extend it, great. If not, you get out with your honorable discharge and that's that. Oh, you still get your checks? 
I do get my checks, but those don't come automatically. I had to fight for a few years with the VA to get it because I didn't know at the time to get it before you get out. Uh. So by the time I got knowledge of it, I did box with them bitches. But yes, honey, I'm collecting my currents. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, I feel like that's a lot of situations that happen too especially with, with you know a lot of like homeless vets and stuff they, they they don't know these things or they weren't aware of these things that happen and so like when they're out and then they also have like ptsd and like all kinds of like psychological things that they've kind of gone through then now they're just like well i can't go home because you know i left there to come here so mm. what do i do and now i'm poor so it's it's really unfortunate but it is and there, there's a lot of shame in returning home as a failure yeah so, yeah so what so so what led to like the kind of like was it the downward spiral happened like after that after the military no the downward spiral began the day that i got kicked out of lakewood church in houston texas for not being straight Ooh. and then years you know then i began to seek out community in the you know the nightlife and the clubs and that led to me accepting drugs from guys whereas i usually would tell them no but since mm -hmm. i had this huge hole in my heart and my mind and my schedule because i was up there at church like maybe 10 hours a week at least volunteering in like every kind of capacity wow. and so, so then i was like oh well i guess i'll go to the clubs where i won't be judged and so then i started accepting the drugs from the guys which made me even riskier than what i was and then so that led to the hepatitis b and then the hiv and um, I think what made me like snap was the way I found out about the HIV. This this bad doctor left it on my voicemail on New Year's Eve. No, they're not and, supposed to do that. And so, and you know, and I'm partying, and you know, I got all my drugs done and everything. And it's like the girl is trying to kick him. I'm like, can you let this shit wait till the first or the second? You know, why you gotta tell me on December 31st? <laughs> so, oh. and so, <laughs> so, um. And so, and that's when I began to get reckless. A few days later, I was arrested for the first time. And then a couple of months later, SWAT came, got me because I was selling too much meth for their taste, apparently. And then, <laughs> and then, that, led, and then that led to the... <laughs> oh, whatever. And, you know, you know, bitch was just, you know, feeling fabulous. You and know, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but that whole story. So that is in chapter one of your book. And I was like, oh, you must have been a dealer because you left us with that chapter one and i'm like i was telling demi i don't i don't like mm -hmm. read a lot of stuff i don't listen to i don't listen to a lot of shows i'm just i'm kind of an anomaly in that way and i read that chapter one and i was like i need to hear the rest of it now i need it i need it i need it so now you you, you got somebody fiending to hear the rest of that because that that was awesome well thank you i appreciated it um and you know, it's in its final drafts now. I got to cut the audiobook and everything before it Ooh. comes out. So we shall see. Yes, darling, that way you can hear it from the horse's mouth. Right. <laughs> no, no, right. I, what I will say is like, you know, um, from typical memoirs that I've read, like, I, it doesn't read like a memoir, it reads mm. like a crime thriller novel, which is like, <laughs> kind of insane <laughs> but it's yeah. also just very captivating like you know yeah. when when the the story about the SWAT team came in trying to find the drugs on you and everything and then like the, it left you off with like that kind of cliffhanger of like you know the the cop in the front seat says to you like you don't seem like the type so just like when you get out of here don't do it again but but the other cops 
wow it sounds like you I mean it sounds like you faced some like those ones the homophobic yeah. ones like wow i mean they're homophobic and they probably take it out of the ass too that's <laughs> the two usually go hand in glove yeah i didn't really see why they have to throw the shade you know you already done sent in the damn informant you already done cased me and had to look out and had your undercovers you have a a huge case already built against me. You've apprehended me. I'm in handcuffs. I can't go nowhere. You got the helicopters. You got the vans outside. You got like 20, 30 fucking armed men with semi-automatic rifles and and, and everything and Kevlar vests and face shields and shit and probably all their gas and everything else and the canines. So why the extra shade? Why not let me put my other sock and shoes on before we left? You know. Yeah. Right. All of that was all of that was happening. They were being real extra and real petty. Wow. Where was your mind with this? Like, you know, I would be fucking terrified, like with with this situation. I was partly relieved because Mm. I really didn't know what the fuck to do with my life. Because I really believed that I would be dead in a few months because everybody who I ever knew who had HIV, which wasn't a lot of people, died. And during this time. In Houston, it, people were still dying of AIDS. You know, you would go into yeah. Montrose and be like, oh, where's whoever? And they'd be like, oh, I'm dead, you know, AIDS. You know, so, wow. You know, and so it's not like it was unheard of, you know, medicine or not. All I had in my head was like death. You know, I didn't know anybody right. living successfully, you know, with HIV. And so, so. So I was relieved because I needed something to interrupt the path I was on. I wasn't trying to move back home. I hadn't paid any rent where I was living. I didn't know what the fuck I thought was going to happen. Wow. I I had no plan. Yeah. Yeah. That story that you that you told, it's so funny about the SWAT and the helicopter. When I was I mean, we talk about, you know, my addiction when I was on meth, I would always hear helicopters and think they were coming after me. I never sold. But I thought they were coming after me for my little like from the little gram I had on me. And I would that one, two, three, when they bust the door in, I would hear I had the the, uh, the audio hallucinations and I would hear, OK, we're going to go get them now. We're going to break down the door. One, two. And I'd say, ah, like that. And nothing would happen. <laughs> so I feared that would happen every single day. Yeah. Oh, it's a bitch. It's, it's, it's absolutely fucking terrifying. And I didn't have any kind of like paranoia with any drugs until oh. like after till months after like that happened because I didn't have any knowledge of what could happen and so I was just like this naive you know country dude from Baton Rouge <laughs> thrown into the game you know in the middle of Houston Texas a lot of dangerous people you know, mm-hmm. and looking back on it, it was but by the grace of God, I even made it out of there. You know, they did try to kill me a couple of times, but, you know, I had a, a strong woman back at home praying for me and, you know, and that's why I'm still alive. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about HIV and like the stigma that surrounds it. And I, I'm very fortunate that I, even before I was diagnosed, I, I found uh, I, I really just like did a lot of research on it. And I, I wanted to know everything about this because, you know, it's not only just like, it does, it doesn't just affect gay people. It doesn't just affect, you know, white people. It doesn't affect black people. It affects everybody and whether they are aware of it or not. And it's a, a disease that has such a stigma around it mm. that I, it's so ingrained in our, in our history and our culture that we need to know this stuff. Like, and it, I, it still shocks me that there's still, 
you know, young gay people that have no idea anything about this. Like yeah. when I was on the dating apps and stuff too, like people and I would I'd disclose my my status to them, they would harass me. They would call me names. They would all this stuff wow. and just ridiculous things. And always from behind, you know, you know, a black screen or whatever, like you know, a faceless person, because they wouldn't say that to a person on the street. But it always just shocks me how how still to this day things still quite haven't changed with in regards to this like how have you kind of like come to grips with 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 that and you know over time obviously you had you know the shocking aspect of it but what were the steps that you took to kind of like move past that you're asking me to to get comfortable with myself or or my thoughts on the fact that the stigma's still here both i guess okay um when I was locked up for the last time for trying to write that check at Bank of America, I'm trying to cash it. I did not write it. Someone gave it to me. <laughs> so now I'm banned from Bank of America for life. And so, uh, which I'm proud of, whatever. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> right? And so, uh, and so, so the last time I was in jail, I talked to an intelligent doctor who had kindness com and compassion in his heart. And he explained it to me uh, in a way that I could understand it. Mm. Okay, you know he he really broke it down to like genotypes and, and different like things like that, and you know he he presented it in a logical way and everything like that that I couldn't really refute, you know, and things like that. And so then I accepted it, and then I started taking the medicine. Mm -hmm. Now and then, now feeling dirty and contagious and all of that took just years and years and years of. Um, just being alive and getting used to my new self and everything like that and um, learning self-acceptance and going back and uprooting all the bad stuff I heard in the Pentecostal church and all the bad stuff I heard in uh, the military and all the bad stuff I heard from my dad, you know, mm. and things like that, which all played into why I've had a low opinion of myself. And, and then if something bad happened, then the opinion was even lower rather than, mm accepting it as just a human experience and just moving on with it. And so, so there was a lot of non-HIV shit that had to be thrown out before I could get clear and get comfortable with who I am and accept it all good, bad, ugly, and different, or not to put an adjective on it at all. It just, it is what it is. Mm. Right. So my hypnotherapy training helped. Um, hell, having my own podcast helped. Writing the book helped. All of those things helped. Therapy sessions helped. Counseling helped. All kinds of shit. It took a lot. It took a lot. My mind was fucked. And so, um, and the stigma still prevails. Now, when, as I talked about my status, like on social media, as I begin to reemerge into like the normal society from the criminal underworld and the homeless world, you know, people reach out to me through like Facebook and stuff to talk about it once they were positive and yeah. stuff like that, which I appreciate it. Um, on the apps and stuff like that, they do get judgy. And I had a, a mortal fear of being like rejected, you know, you know, on those apps and stuff like that. But, you know, where do we get the stigma from HIV from? Well, how it was marketed in the beginning, you know, they always showed you scrawny, bony people with flies hovering over them and everything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, they never showed you on television. Hey, look at this nice, healthy person with, with, with AIDS. There was always drama and death and gore and everything. And 
you know, everything imprints upon our subconscious. So if you're hearing yeah. an ad on the radio or you're seeing something on TV or you know somebody who's died, you know, that reinforces the negative. And then nobody, and disease in general is already, you know, not something anyone wants. HIV has been made to be a huge thing. And um, people have just internalized it. The things that people have maybe said to their children have been passed down about it because, you know, that generation, you know, from the 70s and the 60s and everything like that, where people were dying a lot, 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 are still here, you know? And so now you're always going to have evil, hateful, bitter people hiding behind faceless profiles. And that's the way that they're projecting, you know, onto other people. Yeah. They, they, they shouldn't be there um, and stuff like that, doing that because that's not healing them, right. you know, but they don't know that yet. And so if it's not them, it's going to be some other dumbass person doing something. So all we got, all we can do is be like, recognize it as I'm sure that you can and not let it affect us and just discard that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said about full radical acceptance of everything about yourself, good and bad and ugly. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of, I don't know, maybe one of my favorite scenes from uh, Breaking Bad, that movie where mm. I think Aaron, he looks, he looks at himself in the mirror. He's like, you know what? I'm the bad guy. <laughs> oh yeah you know you know just coming to terms of whatever it is, your dark side is you know is, is is it is very liberating or whatever it is that's supposed to be considered a flaw or whatever shadow oh, yeah. self yeah wow so you how did you because you kind of you know we went to the fact that you were using and then you were selling how did that uh did that happen slowly or was that just a right away thing no, it was slow. I, I had a, more of a business mind than what I realized. And so <laughs> if I'm buying these this dope and my friends are like, you know, meth dealers are not the easiest to find. They tend to duck and dive. Mm, yeah. And so having a plug or connect like that makes you valuable. And so mm. people are like, I need drugs. I'm like, all right, well, I'm headed over there, but you can't come. They're like, we'll send the money. All right. I'm like, I have more money than what I would have gone with. So I'm just crunching the numbers here so mm. if I add their money to mine I can get an eight ball you know and get my own shit paid for whatever the case may be and so they so we started low level like that and then when I would be at the club people I guess the way I carried myself made people think I was a dealer and so they would be asking me for stuff and I or I'd be at the bar waiting for a drink and I'd get like that wink from somebody I didn't fucking know mm. I just looked like I had some shit and so I let myself become that it mm -hmm. felt great. It felt cool. It was different. It was new. And I don't know if it's really hereditary, but I think it might not found out years later, you know, like my, like one of my great, great grandfather or something like that was like a, I should say a man of renown in some various <laughs> ways. And, you know, and I, you know, and I remember, you know, I was raised, you know, my, one of my one of my older brothers is huge, you know, into like the, the streets and the gangs and stuff like that. Raised in the crack neighborhood, every other house is a crack house. I'm all like, I feel like this day would have come, you know, eventually, because it's kind of like the males in my family tends to get into shit. Mm. So, and um, and so no, it felt great. It felt great to be accepted. It felt great to be wanted. It felt powerful. You know, people, the things I could get people to do for drugs. The, mm. good, the good side is people know your name. The bad side is 
people know your name. <laughs> right. But it was my Mustang that did me in because it, that was like that white Mustang. That was to me like what Frank Lucas's coat was for him when he was at that damn boxing max, I think in Vegas and the Fed spotted him. You know, it really, really was oh. hard to 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 keep a low profile zooming around in a in a Mustang like that. And oh. so but I wouldn't let my car go. <laughs> Do you still have it? Hell to the no, I asked. Well, when the, when the when the raid happened, the, the SWAT gave it to the damn informant who uh then left it parked in the middle of uh, I think Fondren Street in Houston, as I understand it. And then it was like a whole thing. It it was a hot mess after that. Yeah, SWAT, they go through your shit, they'll take what they want, they'll give away the rest, and then yeah, you're just really disrespected if you ever get raided. Gave it to the informant. Like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> to take care of or that's, as his? That's some shady shit. What'd you say, baby? They gave it to him to take care of or as his? Like, here's your new car. I think they really cared. I mean, they left my apartment vulnerable. People came in there and took what they wanted. But later on, I came, I would come be in different people's places when I was homeless in Houston still, and they'd be wearing my shoes that I had. Yeah. I'd go in somewhere else. He's got all my damn underwear in his drawer. You know, they yeah. just they divided my shit like... Like, hell, like when Jesus died, like, let's just cast lots and take some shit, bitch. And so, yeah, uh, see, I remember seeing my TV in someone's apartment, my old TV, when I didn't have a place anymore. And it wasn't them that did it. Someone had given them my TV. Yeah. Ain't that about a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, I've, I think, thank Jesus, I've never actually had, you know, criminal activity when it came to my, my drug issues, but it was all the psychological damage. It was all like the, the, you know, I had to do a lot of like, like you said, like digging deep to like uproot, like why it was that I was doing the things that I was doing. And, and, and I think I related when you said, um, I had just like such a low opinion of yourself. Like, like mm. I, that was totally me. Like I, I felt worthless. So like I might as well just be worthless, you know? Mm. I'm jealous that, that you guys didn't have the paranoia. That, that's what I'm jealous I about. I had that one time. Because I had, I heard voices. There was one, I've never been in the military. My dad was in the army in Vietnam, but I've never been in the military. I had a bunch of voices in my head. One that stuck around was my superior officer. I'm your superior officer. And he talked like this. And he, whenever he said 10 hut, I had to salute. I could be walking down the street on the bus. I had to stand up and salute on the toilet, wherever. Like I had to do that. And he would tell me to do stuff like it's amazing the stuff that he told me to do, follow people, uh, try to get in the car, duck under the car for keys. So the fact that neither one of you guys had that, I, I feel like, you know, uh, sad that I mean, I, I'm great for you guys, you know, but yeah, I, I remember you telling me this story. I don't know if I remember all of it, but you were like walking in the middle of Santa, uh, Sunset Boulevard because the voice was telling you to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got scared and went into Scientology uh, place. It was, yeah, it was just a whole big thing. It was a whole big thing. Yeah. I'd get on buses, off buses. It would take me like five hours to get somewhere. It should have taken me 40 minutes because I just thought I could, the people on the bus there, they're hearing my, they're hearing my thoughts. And it was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was messed up. So I only had the paranoia one time in particular, and it was just a really weird day. Wow. <laughs> Slept it off, luckily, after that.
But anyways, I uh, let's kind of move on here a little bit. I wanted to talk more about your memoir here. So number one, we've read the, the chapter, obviously. Yes. But uh, when is it going to be out? When are we going to, what are we talking here? You know, we all obviously have the podcast and, and you're exploring that with other people who are kind of in the same realm. You know, I was on there, he was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, where do you kind of like, what's the time frame here? <laughs> we, we want more. <laughs> If I had my way, it would have been been out. But when you're working with people who smoke way too fucking much weed, they can be slow about shit. And so um, maybe, hopefully, March. Nice. Maybe. I'll buy it when it comes out. It's in its final form. Finally, I finally got that back a couple of weeks ago. I'm gonna, it's in the hands of the uh, focus group and everything like that. And the, and the people who are gonna give their final input on it. On the 1st of November, I will go through it and start making the final edits, final, final mm-hmm. edits. And hopefully I don't find anything big and that will be done by the end of November. And so, so theoretically I will say no later than March 31st. Cause if, if I can get it back you know, ready and everything by January, then I can just sit down and knock out the audio book. And that's the only thing that we'll be waiting for. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, the, which came, I guess the podcast came before the book, correct? Mm-hmm. I have been enjoying that. I think the one I listened to yesterday was with uh, Dr. Marsh. I forgot her uh, 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 name, but it was the one where you're talking about Leviticus. Yeah. Marshall and- yeah, that was, you know, I mean, I, li- I like all of them, but that was awesome. And you broke a lot, you know, down. So, I mean, tell us about the, the you know, the pot. Well, we know about the podcast, but for our listeners, tell us about the podcast, about how you combine uh, talk about sex, drugs and Jesus. Well, I mean, the life boils down to those three things. Um, drugs have everything to do with feeling different or other. Mm-hmm. Seek that in all kinds of ways. It doesn't have to be a narcotic or in your system. Um, you know, Jesus, you know, represents Jesus. He's my chosen God, but everybody tends to believe and draw towards things. And so I like to have in the religious aspect of it in some way. Mm. Um, and then sex, everyone thinks about sex all the time. Everything boils down to the D. It just does. <laughs> so, and it doesn't matter if it's conservative people trying to establish laws against people who are more open with their sexuality or those of us who are open trying to fight for our rights. Even the conservative people trying to stop us are still constantly thinking about sex. They're just thinking about it from a very boring point of view. Yeah. You know, every, everyone's always thinking about sex all the time because we are sexual beings and such. And so those three things just seemed like the perfect trifecta and um and i'm coming from a strong religious background um with a lot of confusion and chaos and so my biggest thing through the show is to provoke people to be spiritually independent Hmm. and um but to try but to believe in something because I, i believe we don't believe in anything we tend to fall out of balance because you know, carrying anger at, at, at God or at, at anything remotely spiritual, I think is, 
it's not serving a, a person's best interest because mm. you know we have emotions and things like that 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 can't really be explained through flesh and through science so there's aspects of us that are spiritual so do something with it and so I mean, I don't care what it is, Buddhist, Taoism, I don't care, child, just something. And so, um, <laughs> girl, something. And so, <laughs> and, so that, and so that's the point of the of the uh, show, because, you know, hopefully, you know, because a lot of friends, a lot of like my straight friends just despise the church and anything that has to do with religion, mm. not because they were rejected, but because their non-straight friends were rejected and then they saw it and they and they threw it all away too. Yeah. And so, and so that's the hope. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is like, you know, organized religion has again, like more stigma just because of, you know, historically. And I mean, there's, you can go back thousands of years for this, especially with Christianity, but like, you know, people have done horrible things in the name of Jesus or whatever, but you know, when, when you come to a point in your life, when you really have no other choice, but to, uh, face your own demons per se, and really start formulating a, uh, your own type of spirituality, um, whatever it might be. Like for me, it's you know I, I lean more towards the witchcraft stuff, but <laughs> but again, that stuff that kind of just it, it makes sense to me. It you know it, it doesn't have to make sense to everyone else. Uh, I, I just think it's a really important thing to have you know non-organized type thing. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because, you know, the, the Hebrew Bible, when we say the Bible, we're talking about Hebrew, I always like to give them their props because Americans act like we wrote that book and we didn't. <laughs> oh, no, right. Right. This book from another country, from another time. We are, we, it's not even about us, just strictly speaking, in terms of the culture. Um, but the Bible didn't have everything in it. You know, it doesn't have an answer to everything. And some things are not explained. Some stuff you just have to live through. And like mm -hmm. you're into witchcraft and stuff like that. You know, here in the South and in other places, there's an interesting mix of Christianity and um, and I'll say some what some would consider a cult practices. Because, yeah, you know, uh -huh. people who are very close to Jesus, you know, you will find, you know, us you know, down at Marie Laveau's House of Voodoo <laughs> in New Orleans, or, you know, in different candle shops or spiritual shops or like that, you'll find us getting certain color candles or certain uh, artifacts and things like that to protect us and stuff like that. Now, where in the Bible does it talk about this? Mm -hmm. You know, it really does it in terms of uh, all the detail that we have now. There's some mediums, soothsayers, and some calling on dead people in the Bible and stuff like that. But the, but the witchcraft element, you know, it's different. And, you know, and witchcraft is very, very real. And it has a lot of different layers to it, too. It's not all bad Black magic trying to jinx people and kill them, but there's definitely that aspect of it. Yeah. So someone practiced the shit on me one time when I was a teenager. That's how I know the shit is real. And it was a terrible experience. Wow. But, um... And I, we, I decided to actually write about that experience, but I, it's going to come after the epilogue in the book because it's such a bizarre ass thing that happened. I was like, I don't know who the fuck's going to believe this or not. So I'm just going to like put it here in the back of the book. And if it's for somebody, it's for them. If it's not, it's not. 
Wow. Well, explain a little bit more. I want to know more about this experience. So what happened was I was 15 and he was 22. Ooh. And illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call the cops. I wanted it. Damn it. I wanted it. And so I, I was the altar boy and he was the worship leader at this church. Oh. And so, and this was the first person who I knew of to have HIV. And he ended up shriveling up and getting all these things grew yeah. over him. He like died by the time he was like 24. Yeah. And so he, but before then, you know, he was this, this, this beautiful, beautiful man. And he was upset. I was obsessed with him and then he took a strong liking to me and then he decided that he did not want to share me with anybody else now we never had sex he was running around trying to intentionally give as many people AIDS as he could Ooh. I came to find out later on but my pastor the, the same lady who prayed to keep me alive and I was home was intervening and, and stopped him from having sex with me in her own way but what he did I think was found what's called an intranquil candle. And, and on, if you read the back of this candle, it, what it does is searches for a wandering nether spirit, which a lot of spells do, but this one here is, it's different. It's very, very direct and sort of, it's the fact that this, it has to be kind of like a spirit that doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> and what it does is it'll go and create a way for this spirit to cross over into our world and then the person sends that spirit to whoever their object of affection is and the spirit then vexes that person and takes all peace and joy from them and the only time that person feels happy is when they're around whoever the spell caster is wow so it's a really Ooh, fucked up thing to do to somebody claim yeah. to, to 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 hold dear but obsession and love are not the same. And so right. he, he wanted to have me all to himself. He didn't want to share me with anybody. And I was like in the eighth grade. And so I would smell his cologne whenever he was not around me because he would send his spirit out. I let him borrow like a windbreaker or something. And I didn't understand so much at this time. And so he used that to to feel closer to me and to probably strengthen what he was doing because every time I would ask him for it back it was like a whole dramatic thing and you mm -hmm. know and by the time I got it back it, it smelled like him so much I couldn't get the scent out I just had to, to throw it away and I'm just thinking now he probably did something to it on purpose to make that scent stay in there mm -hmm. every night I would sleep I would dream about him every night for six months and um and I was just fucking miserable this my bed would shake violently at times and stuff like that but I would feel other presences on it with me and I don't know you know know if he when people cast that kind of spell they fully understand what they're unleashing on a person wow. and um and I was just so fucking sad and everything and I was in love with him and you know and then he had a fiance in California that I didn't know about. Now he's talking to me on the phone like almost every night and teaching me about gay stuff that I didn't know and mm -hmm. everything like that in an establishing relationship. And, you know, and it just ended so terribly, you know, and I just, I ended up just like torn in spirit and stuff like that because, because if somebody is, is successfully able to to capture your spirit or soul like that and like he did mine and then there's a rift 
then that person is left like kind of like wondering and lost. Mm. And it took, and it took like six months. Um, and then like one Sunday morning, I'll never forget. I was like doing homework because my parents didn't feel like going to church. And I felt, I felt it break. I felt like there's a weight lift off of me because my pastor had been working with me for months. And, you know, she was just telling me to not answer his phone calls, to stay away from around him, not to accept any gifts from him because, you know, all those things play into it. And I had no fucking idea. Yeah. And, um, and from, and I felt so light. I just got up from the table and I went and walked down the driveway and stood by my grandmother. And I just, I never had another dream about him after that day. Wow smelled his odor or anything like that I, I think his spirit tried to come around me like one one final time later and I was able to just swat it away and I never had that problem again and um and so it was it was just really fucking bizarre and really weird and I've got all kinds of things to say about the adults who saw what was happening and didn't say anything back then and shit and so yeah but, but yeah that, that, that shit's real bruh yeah, I, I mean, a lot of this stuff actually makes sense, you know, like him having an item of yours as a totem, which is kind of like a, a, a useful tool that, that you know, practitioners use to have controls, use something specifically for a person. Um, a lot of that stuff like really made sense to me. So I, I think at whatever happened, it, it was broken. Um, however, it was broken. Maybe he broke it. Maybe you did. Um, but that's crazy yeah That's yeah crazy i i got a lot of images too like before when you're talking about like you know things in the south and i've always wanted to visit new orleans because of their particular dark past and and their particular uh relationship with the occult but you said something about um southern churches having like occult practices and stuff i had images of like uh like southern I don't know if they're Baptist churches or something, but I remember, um, you know, speaking in tongues and, you know, like the snake worshiping and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about this. Well, you grew up Pentecostal, right? Is it Pentecostal? I don't know. What, well, what the speaking this? in tongues part. The, the Pente yeah, that's Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. But I, I remember vividly, like there, there's like snake worshiping churches and stuff like in the South that I've in deep in the bayou. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't doubt it because of the way people can interpret things from the Bible. I would imagine they would pull from the story where Moses made the bronze snake in the wilderness. Oh. It up. So whenever a person got bit by a snake, if they looked at the, at the bronze serpent, they would live. I do know, and I think it's Haitian voodoo, that they have ways of um, transmuting them, transforming themselves into snakes. Mm, wow. um, and um, in terms of the tongues, though, yes so tongues uh, like dancing in the spirit and things like that okay there is an authentic version of that mm -hmm. then there is the bullshit version of that right mm -hmm. okay i've i've experienced you know both both okay sister sally that bitch who's going have a word every damn sunday and she always dancing up and down the aisle and you know <laughs> This is the example of what not to do, because who she comes to church every Sunday for that attention and just to be fucking weird like that, and she's ruined it for everybody. Yeah, so <laughs> to Sally, she needs to go set on her damn ass somewhere, running over children and everything to get out of the aisle. <laughs> 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 fucking Sally. <laughs> hey, 
But then there's a version of that that I have witnessed that is true. And like when my pastor was alive, she had, she was a high clairvoyant. She had every gift of the spirit possible and everything like that. And she saw all, she did a very like angelic sort of handwriting and stuff like that. And she was the real deal. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody spoke in a tongue that was legitimate, you know, sometimes she would like interpret what it, what, what they were saying mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Didn't see a lot of the interpreting happening, but you know, dancing in the spirit is, is true. You know, I've experienced that maybe like two or three times and it's very otherworldly out of body and you don't really feel like you're moving yourself. Mm-hmm. But churches take liberties with that and then they start saying stuff like, well, just speak in tongues by faith or just dance by mm-hmm. faith. And that's when I think they go too far. I'm like, either God is going to do it through you or he isn't. You know, mm-hmm. there, there isn't this take a running start and hope that they're going to catch up with you Maybe it could happen. Maybe I've seen that happen, I think. But then you risk ruining the reputation of the church, which is what's been done. Mm, yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, I've seen things of that nature. Yeah. It's a wild world. <laughs> yeah. Wild, wild west. And I, I like, you know, a lot of what you were saying to me because it's so, you know, with being gay and being in the church there's a lot of you know i think in a couple of your episodes you talked about the whole purity culture and even it's worse uh to be gay i mean how did you kind of navigate some of some of that i don't know that i really did when i got thrown out of lakewood i didn't it took me like maybe five six years before i ever walked back into a church and then and then when I did, so I was like a herd animal, like peeping through around the corner, you know, wondering when the gavel was gonna fall, you know, you know, I never really volunteered again. And, um, and I didn't know that there were affirming churches, you know, Presbyterians or Lutherans or whatever, or metropolitan community churches. I didn't know that there was actually like a place for gay people. And by the time it all happened, I was so, I had such a distaste towards a church, you know, in my mouth. Now I've overcome the bitterness, but at this point with my independent study, I'm all like, what the fuck do I need it for? You know, mm-hmm. why, why do we go to church community to hang around motherfucking people? But you know, you mm-hmm. don't need them to get close to God. There isn't anything more important than your personal spiritual time, period. I don't give a fuck what else is going on. Mm-hmm. Your alone time is the meat and bones of your entire spiritual destiny. And so, um, and so now that I think about stuff differently, I'm all like, why did I need to go sit around these people? Like, what are we gonna talk about? I can read it for myself. I can read it for myself. And I don't trust what they say anyway. So I've got my own concordances. I read stuff in the original uh, Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek, and I just discern it from myself. So that's just practically thinking. Like, I don't see a practical use for physically going to church. Unless I feel like having a kiki one Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, there isn't anything in it for me. Right. Yeah. And you, one thing, you know, I've heard you talk about too is how people, and I, my church, when I, when I went, I don't go to church anymore, but when I went there, they were big on context, like not just looking at a verse and letting it stand out, but, uh, looking at a verse what's before it what's after it what do they say text without context there's something like that you were talking about pre is pretext or cons i think i think uh, uh i think uh dr marsha was saying that but yeah, that's, that's what her saying it's a lot of scandals and deception is, is what it is and manipulation yeah and so <laughs> and so 
you know, but when somebody's new in faith, then they're probably going to go to a church or somewhere because they need the guidance. And I, the, the thing is, at what point do you come to the realization that you've outgrown church? Mm. You know, they don't want you to do that because they need money and shit. And so, but, um, but you shouldn't need a teacher for the rest of your fucking life. It's like permanent college there. Like mm. you never graduate, bitch. How long? No, <laughs> you have to go somewhere. Um, you know, the only the only safe space is some sort of affirming church, you know, for straight people, our allies and non-straight people, because if you have any kind of heart and you're not going to want to go somewhere where they marginalize people who are not normative by their, by all of that, right. you know, yeah. I don't, there is no meeting, there's no common ground for us to have or nothing like that. You just fucking stay away from places like that mm. because it's just, it just hurts you mentally to go be around those vibes of people who are giving you the side eye. You know, if if two, if two boys can't walk in there holding hands or two girls and a guy in some sort of three-way shit or some sort of tranny and bad drag can't go in there and not be judged, then don't fucking go. Mm, right. Well, I think we're almost running out of time here, so <laughs> we can keep going about this forever. But I think we gotta left things off with our with our final rapid fire here. Um, this so, needs to be, this needs to happen again, by the way. Yeah, it does. We have yeah. more stuff we go we want to talk about for sure. We need a, a round two. Um, so finally, uh, what is your favorite word? Fuck. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you say it a lot. Uh, what's your least favorite word? clear oh wow. because when people, when people are trying to translate the bible they'll, they'll, they'll say that shit all the time they were like the bible is clear <laughs> you know mm. and i'm all like bitch no it's not as confusing as hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> that's good um uh, what turns you on everything <laughs> <laughs> nice walking down the street does <laughs> I'm, I'm a filthy nympho for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. What turned you off? Evangelicals. Mm. Republicans. <laughs> uh, what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Silence. Ooh. What sound or noise do you hate? Babies crying in first class. <laughs> or that, anywhere. That's a good me. one. Although I've never flown in first class yet. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? We already said fuck. Probably still fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh my God, I've done it all. Shit. Um, maybe a professional prostitute. Mm. <laughs> I've done that. I, I, but then I've sold this pussy before. Child, so. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I've didn't, I didn't done all kinds of shit by this point. Um, I don't know, maybe film porn or some shit. <laughs> done that. <laughs> done that too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. All right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> nice. <This one. laughs> He's still thinking. Is <laughs> that <laughs> yours? No, it's yours. Oh, I've lived such a full. No, life. I just asked that. Oh, what profession would you not like to attempt? That's yours. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I know I would not want to, to ever, whatever the profession is, I don't want to work for somebody. <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. I'll, I'll work in collaboration with and tandem with. Uh, I'll accept the contract because you don't, it's not like you have a boss. If you're like under a contract, it's like different. Mm. But no, no, this bitch has a power over me. Uh-uh. It's not going to happen. Not because I think I'm so much, because people are not in touch with their selves enough and they put all their shit on the people under them Uh uh-uh right i don't want to be subjected to someone's negativity okay what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates come on in here ho shit it's been a while (laughs) just well done you good and faithful servant come in and take your rest we got the sling already set up for you Say what's not happening up there. So. <laughs> and finally, of course, we asked this question to all of our guests here. So, what have you manifested lately? I'm looking at my Bible over there, which is my grandmother's. Every time I take something off my vision board that comes true, I put it in there and then I fold it up. And so, I would say for me, more mental clarity, mm-hmm. because I have pictures on my vision board that have to do with a balanced mind. And so there's internal thoughts that I have been struggling with that don't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, other than that, it was my Black um, American Airlines credit card that I really, really wanted. Mm-hmm because I like, I love American Airlines and that's who I always fly. And I wanted that black card so I can rack up my fucking miles. And it gives me access to all their lounges too, because I'm an airport lounge hoe. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to, you know, you know, work hard, but I was finally able to get that card. And so that was a really, really big thing for me. Damn. Nice. So when are we taking a trip? <laughs> Where are we flying to? After next. What were we flying to? You just put. I'm. I'm short. You can put me in the luggage. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting on cushions, by the way. I am sitting on. I, wait. I, should I expose this? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. This is me without the cushion. <laughs> I. We don't. That's. A, that's like a trade secret. I can't believe I let you uh, know that. You let everybody know that just now. Yeah. Anyways, Devannon, this is the. That's right. Man, this has been amazing. Thank you again for joining us. Yes. Where can our listeners find you? Sex, Lord, sex, drugs, and Jesus.com. Everything is there. All the sociable medias, anything related <laughs> to the book, uh, any kind of links to anything is there. It's just all and, there. And I must say, it is an amazing website. Yeah, <laughs> whoever, yeah. whoever did your design is top notch. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Of course. Um, well, thank you again for joining us. Again, we might just have to do this again sometime. Yeah, we will. We, de- is, we will for sure. There's a lot that we didn't get to today. But <laughs> anywho, thank you again. Thank you for having me, sweeties. Of yeah, course, thanks yeah. for being on.
We will do it again. I wanted to pull this out because uh, I wanted to get another little cosmic journey oracle reading. Uh, it says, listen in stillness and you meet your true self. Your true self. Can you see that? Oh, shit. Hello. <laughs> Oops. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that was something you don't see every day. Ruined our effects here. Um, yeah. You mean y'all not in space? A, I think that was a very apt card to pull. Apt. Apt. And I'm just making a one-syllable word, a three-syllable word. <laughs> we have a quote as we do every week. Why don't you read this week? We do. Oh, okay. I read the last two weeks too, but I don't mind. No, Go it, for it. Did I? Uh, my mind is, my mind's telling me no. <laughs> uh, the mind is everything. What you think you become. That is from the Buddha. Yes, it is. One more time. The mind is everything. What you think you become. That's right. Yeah. Well, you want to start off gratitude? Are you grateful for sure. things? Sure. Um... First thing, I'm grateful for clarity because this week had a lot of um, questions that I really needed to ask myself. And I'm grateful that I answered those for myself. I'm grateful to questions mm. because sometimes you got to ask yourself the certain things to find out what it is that you really want in life. And I'm grateful for answers. Answers, <laughs> nice. Because sometimes you got to give yourself an answer to those questions, even though they might seem difficult. I wish that we could say each other because I'm grateful for you because you did something really nice for me today and I really appreciate it. Um, you can say that. What am I? Okay. I'm grateful <laughs> because- uh, We could cheat this week. <laughs> okay. Now I'm afraid to say it. All right. Um, but I'm grateful for that. Thanks. Uh so I'm grateful that I went to the gym this morning because I've been slacking a lot. And I think besides the building muscle, the part of being consistent with something and doing what I set out to do, I think that's important. So I'm grateful for that. Um, Setting goals and attaining them. Yes. Obtaining goals is and stuff. I'm grateful that with, I can't say I'm dating, but with a person I'm hanging out with, that I'm toning back the me because not the me but i'm toning back that part of me that would be a little bit that i'm just i'm make i'm taking it easier than i awareness usually yeah i'm having aware and that whatever it is it's going well and i'm not trying to make it more right now uh and i'm grateful i'm grateful for a place to live like sometimes i i forget to be grateful for the basics because there are some people, especially I live by an overpass, mm -hmm. and you see like the people with tents and everything. I'm grateful to be indoors and have a place to stay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, homelessness homeless in LA is a huge issue, and I feel like we as Americans don't do enough to support people that are in need. Um, I always use this as a as a reference, but I believe in Sweden and Denmark and stuff. They they actually have, um, even because I've been taking the train a lot too, and there's lots of homeless people on the trains because yes. they sleep on the trains. Yeah. Um, but even in places like Denmark and, and Sweden, and, and I think Denmark is actually in Sweden. <laughs> but um, 
they actually have places in train stations that are kind of combination health and safety uh, places for homeless people oh, wow. where they, you know, cause they have homeless people there, but they actually have programs that support them. So instead of having the homeless people, um, you know, interrupt people who are just trying to commute, mm -hmm. they actually have places that they can go in the stations that they can get mental health, um, nice. uh, uh, help. They can get, um, you know, uh, programs to help them find places to stay. You can they even have a place for them to do drugs if they need to, because it's not actually a treated as a criminal thing. There is treated mm -hmm. as a mental health thing. If you need to do a little crack, do it in the corner. Don't do it in the open area. But they have people who um, are actually specifically trained to watch them so that they're not doing it on the train or, you know, oh, wow. in front of people. Or they actually have medical professionals there that, that are there like, hey, if you got to do it, you're going to do it here safely. And um, I would love that. They also, my drug days. But they also help them to, you know, get help if they need it. So it's it's just the difference of, of cultures and and. Honestly, I think we can learn a lot of things from certain places like that. Sweden. For sure. For sure. Faux show. Um, <laughs> I know what that was about. I don't know. Uh, you can find us on social media at a cosmic journey pod on Instagram at a cosmic journey pod on Twitter. Why is that? Because we couldn't afford the EY. <laughs> yes. I'm at Dimitri Wild on everything. I'm at J.Maceo Music on everything. And you can join our Facebook group, Starseed Central, where you can share memes, uh, mm -hmm. uh, suggest articles to us, and interact with us directly. You, you can, can find that on our website. You can. And we have YouTube. We have the uh, Cosmic News, uh, interview videos, and Jay's Cosmic Insights. I'm Jay. They have my Cosmic Insights. <laughs> That's right. And now we're actually doing full episodes on there. So full be sure to su subscribe to that. Do that. Uh, you can also tip the show if you find support. If you find uh, value in this show, you can actually support us by giving us a little tip on Anchor. You can find that at anchor.fm slash a cosmic journey pod slash support. I was tipping you. Tip. Cow tipping. I'm uh, a cow now? They, no. did, they did cow tipping on, he on Heather's. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Back to Heather's. I love it. Back to Heather's. You can, you can rate, view, and subscribe. You can share. And you should yeah, and you share. And Please do that. Let people know about this show. <laughs> you can and you should. If you love us, your loved ones will too. Yes. And well, I think that's everything for this week. So as always, thank you for listening. And as always, Godspeed, God Star Seeds. Star Seeds.